We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to the Transformative Principal Podcast, where we learn how to be an amazing educational leader. I am your host, Jethro Jones. Are you ready to be a transformative principal? I'm looking for about 10 people who are ready to do what it takes to lead with integrity, find balance, and take your school to the next level. If you're looking to improve your leadership in a measurable way, go to transformativeprincipal.org slash mastermind to see if you qualify to join a group of like-minded people who are ready to be the best principals in the country. Welcome to Transformative Principal. I am excited to have a special guest on this special episode of Transformative Principal, uh, Justin Bader, who is a longtime a superstar in my eyes and uh, so excited to have you on the podcast, Justin. He is here to talk about his new book. Now we're talking uh, 21 days to instructional leadership. Did I mess that up? Like I said, I would. <laughs> 21 days to high performance instructional leadership, but yeah, you got it. Ah, I, I was so close. I knew that I'd, I'd, I'd mess that up somehow, but I'm, I'm just so grateful to have you on the podcast, Justin, and my book is still in transit and I'm excited to get it, but I saw on Facebook that you have copies in your hand right now. Is that right? Yeah, they came in and we got our first batch shipped out yesterday. So I'm very excited to, to have that out in the world. So you have done a ton of work with thousands of educators about the 21 day challenge. Can you talk a little bit about the background work that went into this book? Yeah, absolutely. And, and thanks so much for having me. I am a huge fan of yours and uh, everything that, that you put out, just uh, really incredible stuff. So thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Yeah. So the book did come out of a program that we've been running online for several years now. And I believe that started in 2013. Uh, I started challenging people to get into classrooms over a 21-day period and really just make a habit of what most people would think of as classroom walkthroughs. And we don't use that term in the book just because classroom walkthroughs are approached so differently in so many different places. And there's kind of a lot of uh, a lot of baggage around that, a lot of different practices. But I really just wanted to help people get into classrooms because 
I believe that as instructional leaders, there's no better place for us to be to learn what our school needs us to do and to make a difference. So I've been challenging people to do that through the 21-day challenge for four or five years now. And it's been a you know tremendous success, very popular idea to get into classrooms because you know it's something that we all believe, right? Everybody believes that as instructional leaders, we need to get into classrooms, but it's also tough, right? It's tough to find time. It's tough to avoid distractions and deal with emergencies and still make it into classrooms consistently. So that that consistent habit and what to do when you actually get into classrooms is a big part of what the challenge is about and a big part of what the book is about. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've been through the 21 day instructional challenge and improved my practice because of it. And I want to tell you uh, just as a way of saying thank you about your impact on me and my teachers, because it it is, I think, informative and, and helpful to hear uh, what other people have gone through. So I did your 21 day instructional challenge, I think the first time right after you launched it. And I think I did it in the the spring of 2014. And I had been at that school for three years and was doing, you know, I had great relationships. And so it was very natural for me to go into classrooms. And then I did it again when I went to a new school and I didn't have those relationships and getting into the classrooms helped me build relationships really fast mm. with my really great teachers. And it was amazing how it accelerated that relationship building piece with the adults in the classroom first, because they knew I was there. They knew that I was, that I was being supportive. And, you know, there are some bumps in the road with that as well in, in people who were not used to having an administrator in the classroom as much as I was. And, you know, my assistant principal and I had a goal to get into classrooms three times at least every single day. And so we we each spent about an hour, and by November, we had racked up over uh, 1,500 observations between the two of us, which was just incredible that we were able to be in wow. classrooms so much. And then now at my new school, I've actually arranged my schedule so that every morning I spend the morning until lunch in teachers' classrooms, and I go in with the idea of how can I help you do whatever you need to do. And so sometimes I'm, you know, supervising group work. Sometimes I'm helping kids with a, with a science lab. Sometimes I'm just sitting in the back observing. And uh, what's been amazing is that that's just what I do now. So my calendar is blocked off for classroom observations every morning for the first couple hours. And it's amazing how much stuff just takes care of itself because I'm doing that. So because I've been through the process twice and now have a deep understanding of why it's so important to, to be in classrooms. Uh, it has really made, I think a huge difference in my leadership and in, in the lives of kids and teachers at school. So I want to say thank you and, and just share that evolution with you. Wow, that's so cool. Just to hear how, you know, what you're describing of being in classrooms that much, to the average principal would sound ridiculous and impossible, right? Like <laughs> if, you know, if you tell most people you can be in classrooms for half of the school day, most people will say, no way, no way. Yeah. And what is it that you're finding is, is not taking up your time that otherwise would, you know, if you were in the office, if you were kind of in the hallway, but, but not in classrooms. Well, I'm finding that I'm building relationships with kids that I wouldn't otherwise be building. So I know there are, there are a couple of groups of kids 
that really feed off of each other. And, you know, just like when groups, kids get together and they amp up, I'm able to see that they, I, I go to those classes where they're at and I stop the problem before it even starts because I'm in there, you know, and, and the teacher doesn't have to send a kid down to the office because I'm standing right next to the kid and we can deal with that behavior issue right then and there, which is, which is really good. But the other part of that is because I'm there, I'm building the relationship with kids also. So when they do have to come down to the office, then we already have a relationship and we can talk about it and move on much quicker. And I think the kids are actually behaving better in some cases because my assistant principal and I are now in, in all the classrooms and they, they see us on a more frequent basis. So, you know, I just think that they, they're more aware. The other thing is when parents call, I can almost all the time say, yeah, I was in that teacher's classroom this morning or yesterday, and this is what I'm seeing. And I hear your concern, but I don't think you're understanding the whole story. So let me tell you what I see when I go into the classroom and just being able to have that at my fingertips and not saying, thanks for letting me know. Let me go do a big investigation and figure all this stuff out. You know, it just, it, it saves so much of that time. And then you know, people aren't looking for me to solve whatever problem and they deal with it themselves. That's the other thing that's amazing. And I've given my teachers the authority to do that as well. And they, they don't feel like they have to have my permission for every little thing as much as they may have in the past. Yeah. Stuff you'd be a magnet. For. So it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like you said, it might be daunting to think of doing this. So how does somebody push all that other stuff off? and and get going and being in classrooms. Yeah, and I think, you know, you're kind of describing the, you know, the end result or the you know, the possibilities that that you can build up to and and hearing that probably is intimidating for people who think, okay, you know, I'm lucky if I can get into classrooms twice a week, you know, much less 50% of my time. Like that's, you know, it it does seem like a big leap. So, what I encourage people to do is is really start small. You know, I think typically when we want to get into classrooms, we try to start with some grand announcement like this year is going to be different. I'm going to get into classrooms this year. You're going to see me a lot more. I'm going to have my app open and I'm going to give you lots of great feedback. You know, we, we try to set ourselves up with these big expectations so that we'll live up to them. And often, you know, we disappoint ourselves and then we get discouraged and then it doesn't, you know, it just doesn't work out. So my recommendation is really to start small, to start simple. No grand announcement, no grand plan. You don't need a new form, but really just to show up. And uh, this past school year, at the beginning of the year, we launched a new challenge, kind of a, a mini challenge called the Every Classroom Challenge. And the challenge was just simply get into every classroom in your school. Just pop in, stick your head in, say hi, say nothing, whatever, you know, whatever you need to do to get around to every classroom and try to do that within a five day period. And it was incredible to see how many people completed that and then kept going. Um, and I'll tell you, one of the the secrets of the 21-day challenge that I don't talk about very much is that very few people finish it, and we're, we're kind of redoing it to make it more finishable, at, you know, to increase people's success in sticking to that habit. Uh, so I really believe in starting small. You know, don't go in with the expectation that you have to provide feedback. Don't go in with the expectation that you have to do 20 visits a day, but just get into classrooms, just get started. And then I think the the second layer on that is to have an intentional plan for building up the practice over a, a series of cycles. Um, so I'm, I'm a big fan 
of being consistent with the the order of your visits. So let's say in your first cycle, you get around to every teacher and you happen to go to, you know, sixth grade first and then seventh grade and then eighth grade or the English department and then the science department and then the math department or, you know, whatever, whatever works for you. If you have a, a campus that's kind of spread out, you might visit classes geographically. And in that first kind of informal, just get around to everybody, pop your head in kind of visits, just keep track of the order that you visit people in and visit people in that same order or roughly the same order the next time. And I, I can't overemphasize how important it is to keep track because Jethro, I don't know if this happened to you, but it definitely happened to me where I, I would think I was getting around to everyone equally, but I would be unintentionally avoiding certain people and I would be unintentionally seeking out certain other people who were much easier to visit, much more pleasant to visit. And I found that, that I really had to be careful and disciplined about getting around to everyone. Yeah, that is a really good point and something that, you know, I'm reflecting on right now. And I actually caught myself doing that. I, I was avoiding a certain teacher because we needed to have a, a crucial conversation. And then I, I did go to her class and it was a great experience. And I was, I realized I was being dumb for avoiding that and I didn't need to, and I, I need to be in every single classroom and that, you know, keeping track, I think is something that I can improve on at this school at my last school. I, I kept track of every single one I went to and that's how I knew I had 1500 visits by November, but I've taken, I've taken that part off and I, I think I need to do that. What's your recommendation for tracking what classrooms we go into? Yeah, a couple systems that can can be helpful. I think for your first cycle, you know, don't overcomplicate it. Just have your secretary print off a, a staff roster or something and just write the date that you visit every teacher. If you do want a, a more more flexible and kind of kind of hard to mess up system, uh, I really like old school note cards. You know, just get a stack of index cards and write each teacher's name on an index card and then just uh, stack them up and visit the teacher who's on the top of the stack. And that way, what that lets you do is if a teacher is absent or if you swing by, but it's their prep period and they're not there, just keep them on top of the stack and go on to the next teacher and continue until, you know, you've gone through everyone. And every time you visit a teacher, write the date on their note card. So you visit the teacher, write their name on or write their date on the note card, stick it on the bottom of the stack and keep going. And it's, you know, just a, a very simple system. Your secretary can help, you know, might even keep those cards for you and give you one every time you walk by and say, get out of here, go visit Mrs. So-and-so or go visit Mr. So-and-so because that's who's on top of the stack. Um, And then uh, there are other solutions as well. If you want to have something electronic, we have an app called Repertoire that will keep track for you based on the date of your last visit and just tell you, okay, now it's time to go to so-and-so. And And if so-and-so is not in their room, click the button again and they'll suggest, it'll suggest the next teacher. So lots of different ways, but keep track somehow so that you get around to everyone. Yeah. You know, one thing that we're doing um, right now is using Trello, my assistant principal and I had to keep track of uh, formal evaluations and, and how we're doing there. And, you know, that's like having a note card for each teacher. And so yeah. that's a way where we've done, we've tracked when we've done an informal observation because there's no paperwork associated with that. But what we need to do is keep track each time we go in there and that's, that's one thing for me that's handy because I lose papers and put them in my pocket and forget about them and things like that. So that's a challenge for me, but, but repertoire or, or Trello or some other digital tool that you have with you all the time would be a, 
a beneficial thing as well if you have the same problems as I do. Not not everybody does, but <laughs> I know I know I have those problems. And there's got to be other reasons for why we track the visits. Can you talk about why else you would track the visits? Sure, yeah. I think, you know, j- just making sure that you're you're on track for yourself i think is really important and and being honest with yourself about which classrooms you've been in and how many times and you know on on what dates you know i i personally had this kind of vision in my head of what my best day was and on my best day i would get into classrooms three or four times it would be really substantive it would be really helpful to the teacher it'd be really helpful to me as a leader and then i would kind of take that best day that that happens maybe like once a month and I would think that that was what I was doing every day, right? Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm in classrooms like every single day, several times a day, but really it was more like once a week or once a month. So I think it just as a, as a way of monitoring myself, I found it very helpful to keep track and, and to really look at it and say, okay, am I getting into classrooms enough or do I need to change some other things in my day and set up some structures for myself that will purposefully get me into classrooms. Because I think, you know, everyone tries to get into classrooms and everyone can get into classrooms, but it doesn't happen just because we try, right? Like we have to put some systems in place. We have to do some things with the rest of our work to make sure that we're setting ourselves up for success. Because the reality is in the moment, we're going to do whatever needs to be done. Right. Like if if there's a, you know, a fire alarm or a fight breaks out or a parent emergency or a district administrator comes like there are always things that we legitimately need to respond to. And we can't ignore those and just say, well, I'm an instructional leader. I'm busy. I'm in classrooms. I can't help you with that. You know, like we have to we have to do both sides of our role. And I think keeping track of those visits can can really help you monitor, you know, am I am I doing that in a way that's working for me or do I need to make another change? Um, and I think one of the big changes that people often need to make is the way that they're scheduling. Um, and and you kind of described the the system that you've set up where you've worked up to being able to get into classrooms for almost the entire morning. And a lot of people set out with that goal, but find that that block that they create on their calendar, you know, I'll click on my calendar and, and drag an hour appointment on there and I'll type classroom visits. And now it's on my, cl- on my calendar and I think I'm going to get it done. But what inevitably seems to happen is that whatever emergency or disaster or interruption that was going to occur today happens during that block, right? It's like Murphy's Law for instructional leaders. And if there's no backup plan, if you don't have any other time when you can get into classrooms, then the day is kind of shot and you have to just try again tomorrow. So scheduling-wise, one thing that I think is really effective is to schedule blocks throughout the day, not just one big block, but, you know, little blocks throughout the day. Like if I have lunch duty, why don't I go and get into classrooms right before lunch duty? And then I'll just go with the kids to lunch. I'll just head down there when they head down there. And that way I haven't interrupted myself. You know, I'm not stopping like mid-sentence working on a teacher evaluation or an email to get up and go into classrooms at an arbitrary time. I'm just leaving a little bit early for something that I was going to, you know, get up and go to anyway. And then if I have more of those blocks on my calendar, those short little blocks that are tied to something else where I was going to be out of the office anyway, if I have more of those than I need, there's some redundancy built in. And that redundancy gives me a realistic shot of getting into classrooms three times. And I think for most people, you know, six times a day, six time slots a day is a good number because most people can hit about 50% of their their time slots if 
you know, if their interruption ratio is, is kind of in the normal range. Um, and, and if it's not right now, it will be, you know, if you feel like you're interrupted every five minutes, if you start getting into classrooms, you know, multiple people have said to me exactly what you said earlier, that the more you're in classrooms, the less people track you down and interrupt you because it serves kind of a preventative effect. Yeah. You know, I, I did that thing where I scheduled it throughout the day and that was good and that worked. And I want to talk a little bit about the reason why I switched to a morning block. Ah. I've been reading in my mastermind, this book called the one thing uh, by Jay Keller and Gary Papasan or Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. I don't remember the first and last name pairs, but they, they talk about what is they ask the question, what is the one thing that you can do such that by doing it will make everything else easier or unnecessary? And I have really pondered a lot what my one thing is as a principal. And and I decided, thanks a lot to your influence over the past few years, that being in classrooms is really the one thing that I can do that will make everything else easier or not necessary. And so part of that that process they go through is to, is to make that one thing, the thing that you do first thing of the day, and then respect that time and make sure that you, that you get into classroom. So at the beginning of this school year, I was doing the things in the afternoon and I'm saying this not to disagree with you, Justin, just to give another perspective and and tell my story about it because it's really made a big impact. And I had those times throughout the day and it was always this pressure that I needed to go do it that I felt guilty for missing. And and when I switched it to the morning block and that's what I do first thing and I'm and I plan on being there, my visits with teachers got deeper, my engagement with the kids and teachers got deeper as well. And I was able to see that I wasn't making excuses to to not get it done and explaining away my guilt for why I couldn't be in classrooms that day because of whatever interruption there was. And so being able to focus on that that one thing, what that also did, it, it created this very strange shift that once I got the most important thing done, then everything else felt like a bonus. And so instead of it being like, oh, I've got all this work that I need to do, it was like, oh, I've got time to get this and this and this done. And I can schedule time now to plan for faculty meeting instead of doing it uh, at 10 p.m. the night before faculty meeting and, you know, like stressing about that. And it's amazing how that has opened up. And now my my times to work on that stuff in the afternoons, like that's all that I've got time to do is is work in the afternoons. And it's just been amazing to see how I think my productivity has increased and these other things because I'm able to devote an afternoon to them instead of, you know, just get them done when I can, I feel like there's a lot more good stuff happening. And so anyway, that that's why I went to the morning block and, and prioritizing that and making that the real emphasis of what I'm doing is, is what really made it stick in a new way. So, you know, I started out doing the blocks throughout the day and now I've migrated to this. So I want people to hear that that there is hope and there is there is a way to figure it out and and as you get better at it then you get more comfortable saying no to other things so that you can do the thing that's important. Yeah, really well said. Really well said. And I found that, that just about everyone who's been wildly successful at getting into classrooms has a very particular 
way of doing it that, you know, that, that fits their situation, right? That fits their school, that fits their student population, that fits their personal style. Um, and, and definitely you, you gain that ability to design your day as you gain more control over what happens in it, you know, and I, I think so many people go through the day exactly. just feeling like there's no control, like just stuff happens to me and I'm the person who has to deal with it. And hopefully we all make it through the day. And, you know, if we can, can gain some traction and, and start to get control of little chunks of time here and there, and then work up to what you said, you know, where you've been in classrooms you know, more than a thousand times by November, uh, that is fabulous. So thanks. Thanks for sharing that. That's awesome. Yeah. So Justin, how do people get your book? Where's the best place to go? And I'll put a link to it in the show notes for sure. But just talk a little bit more about, about getting it and all that. Sure. You can find a link at principalcenter.com. If we're ordering it from Amazon or whatever works for you, that's that's totally great with me. Uh, we do have a number of online resources that that support that, that will help you go through the book and and implement what's in it. Um, the last thing I want to happen is for people to obtain the book, but not do anything with it. So first and foremost, you know, just the moment you're hearing this, go get into classrooms. Don't even buy the book first. Just go get into classrooms and talk with some teachers, hang out with some students and, you know, get get going on that every classroom challenge. Uh, and then check out principalcenter.com. We've got a lot of, of resources that can help you get through that. We've got, I'm sure we've got a link to the book there where you can uh, find out more about it. If, uh, if that's of interest, but yeah, principalcenter.com is my website and our hub for, uh, getting people going on getting into classrooms. Yeah. And I do want to, uh, thank you very much for the work that you do and everything you've done for years to help me grow as a leader. Truly you have, you have helped me in more ways than, than I can even express in this short podcast. And and I just want to thank you for that. And I know you've done that for many other people as well. So if you haven't heard of Justin Bader before, you need to, and you definitely need to buy this book. And at the very least, go sign up for the 21-Day Instructional Challenge on uh, principalcenter.com and see all the other amazing things that that Justin has there. So Justin, thank you so much. And I do want to have you stay on for a little bit afterward because I want to record a special little bonus and talk about the process of writing the book for those who uh, subscribe to my newsletter and uh, they can do that at transformativeprinciple.org and the thing will pop up and just, just sign up there. But what I'd like to do is, is talk to you a little bit more about that. Is that all right? Absolutely. I'd love to. Okay. All right. So principalcenter.com. We will sign off from the regular podcast and we're going to start a new talk that if you want to get, go to transformativeprinciple.org and sign up for the newsletter. Transformative Principle is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers' time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. 
When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.